Our scripture reading this evening is found in Proverbs chapter 30. We'll read the first 17 verses. Our text is found in verses 7 through 9. Proverbs 30, beginning at verse 1. The words of Agur, the son of Jakey, even the prophecy, the man spake unto Ithiel, even unto Ithiel and Ukol, surely I am more brutish than any man, and have not the understanding of a man. I neither learned wisdom, nor have the knowledge of the holy. Who hath ascended up into heaven, or descended? Who hath gathered the wind in his fists? Who hath bound the waters in a garment? Who hath established all the ends of the earth? What is his name, and what is his son's name, if thou canst tell? Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Two things have I required of thee. Deny me them not before I die. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me, lest I be full, and deny thee, and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor, and steal, and take the name of my God in vain. Accuse not a servant unto his master, lest he curse thee, and thou be found guilty. There is a generation that curseth their father, and doth not bless their mother. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes, and yet is not washed from their filthiness. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes, and their eyelids are lifted up. There is a generation whose teeth are as swords, and their jaw teeth as knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. The horse leech hath two daughters, crying, Give, give. There are three things that are never satisfied, yea, four things say not it is enough. The grave and the barren womb, the earth that is not filled with water, and the fire that saith not, it is enough. The eye that mocketh at his father, and despiseth to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out, and the young eagles shall eat it. That far we read in God's holy inspired word. May God bless that word to our hearts. The text that we consider this evening is found in verses 7 through 9. This prayer of Agur. Two things have I required of thee. Deny me them not before I die. 
Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for, my, for me, lest I be full and deny thee and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. Beloved congregation in our Lord Jesus Christ, when you pray, what is your goal? For what things do you ask when you pray? Is it simply that God would meet your physical needs? Or do you have a greater goal in mind? We treat the subject of prayer tonight because as Reformed churches, churches have set aside this day, one day a year, to observe a day of prayer. And in that day, to ask that God would bless the planting, that he would prosper the planting of the crops because he is the one who causes them to grow. We pray that God would send rain and that he would send sunshine. But when we pray for that, we also understand that God is the provider of all things that we need. So it is legitimate that we would pray to God to give to us all that we need for body and soul. Agur is an example to us of how to pray. He does pray that God would provide him with things necessary for body and soul, but he also has a goal when he makes that prayer, and we will see that. He has a spiritual goal for praying for necessary things. Yes, he prays for physical provision, but especially he prays for spiritual well-being. When he prays for neither poverty nor riches, Agur teaches us, yes, pray for the needs of our bodies, but pray with a spiritual goal. So we want to treat the text under the theme, praying for neither poverty nor riches. Let's note in the first place the meaning of that prayer. Secondly, the reason that he makes that prayer. And lastly, the urgency of his prayer. Edgar's prayer to God is remove, in the first place, he prays, remove from me vanity and lies. 
And immediately at the beginning of his prayer, he shows us that his prayer is a spiritual prayer. He's not just coming to God with a list of things that he needs, but he addresses a spiritual concern. He understands that we are surrounded by vanity and lies. He was surrounded, and you and I are surrounded, by vanity and lies. We have vanity. We have that which is morally empty, that which is unsubstantial, worthless, is the idea of vanity. And how often do we seek after vain things? People seek after riches. Or they seek after fame. Or they seek after pleasure. And all these things, vain things, surround us. Agur understood that. He prays, remove from me vanity, but also remove from me lies. Lies that draw us away from God. Lies that the devil speaks or that the world speaks in our ears and says to us, the devil or the world says to us, if you have more money, then you will be happy. Or if you have a bigger house, then you will be happy. Or if only you would have the luxury cruise that you would like to go on, then you would be happy. If only you had a better spouse. If only you could experience those forbidden pleasures. The devil and the world tell all kinds of lies, and this is what Agur recognizes. So he prays, In his spiritual need, as he sees all those temptations, remove from me vanity and lies. We see those pressing upon us. And that Agur recognizes he is a weak creature of the dust when he sees all those temptations, vanity and lies. That's evident from what he says in the text or rather in the context before our text, he speaks of himself, and he says about himself, verse 2, Surely I am more brutish than any man, and have not the understanding of a man. I neither learned wisdom, nor have the knowledge of the holy That idea of calling himself brutish is that he sees in himself animal-like qualities. Somebody who is brutish, an, an animal, for example, thinks only of filling its belly. It has no concern whatsoever for spiritual things. And now... Agur sees that, some of that within himself. I am more brutish than any man. 
like an animal. He sees himself drawn away by things that have no spiritual significance whatsoever. And so he prays to God, remove from me vanity and lies. Cause these vanity and lies to be removed, taken far away. Take all these temptations far away from me. And take them out of my heart. The vanity and lies that I have believed. Turn my heart away from those vanity and lies. The prayer of Agur is a spiritual prayer. And he teaches us how prone we are to follow after vanity and lies. And therefore we ought to pray, remove from me vanity and lies. But then growing out of that first petition, he goes on to say, give me neither poverty nor riches. Most of us would not have trouble asking that God not give us poverty. He prays that God would not give to him poverty because we all like to have the necessities of life. We like to have enough food on the table so we don't go starving. We like to have a warm shelter to uh, keep us from the elements. We don't want to live in poverty. That's an easy request to make. And when Agur makes that request, you understand he's asking God to give him sufficient so that he doesn't experience that poverty. He is asking for material needs. He doesn't want to be poor. We mustn't think to ourselves that it all depends upon ourselves to provide our physical needs. We can fall into that sometimes. We begin to rely upon ourselves. But Agur teaches us to pray to God to keep us from poverty and to supply us, give us food, give us shelter, give us, us the clothing that we need. And when he does provide those things, we also ought to mention that in our prayers as well, to give thanks to God for providing those things. Agur's first petition, I say, is not that surprising. But the second part of that is surprising. He says, give me neither poverty nor riches. Don't give me poverty, but don't give me riches either. I don't remember the last time that I have prayed to God not to give me riches. That's a striking request that Agur makes 
to God. We're not accustomed to making that kind of request to God. Indeed, if we were sincere in that request, it would take the grace of God to work that prayer in us. That's not just a prayer that anybody would pray. It takes God's grace working in us so that we would make that request. And of course, Agur does not ask that of God because riches in themselves are wrong. God gave Solomon great riches and great honor, such as none of the kings ever had before him or after him. Riches in themselves are not wrong. But Agur prays that God would not make him physically rich. He's talking about not spiritual riches, but earthly riches. Don't give me riches. And that is striking. He prays that God would neither give him too little nor too much. Feed me, and that's why the next part of his request is feed me with food that is convenient for me. And the idea of that is literally, he says, feed me with the food of my statute. Agur only wants to receive that portion which God has allotted to him for that day. He's not asking for food that he deserves, as if he's asking God, give me that which I have coming, that I have earned. That's not what he's praying. But he's praying for that portion, that particular portion, that God has allotted to him on that day. Give me food, feed me food with food convenient for me. Give me that which is sufficient for my needs. And that fits with the request. Neither poverty nor riches. Why does he pray that way? And what should our reason be for our prayers? If we make the same request, give me neither poverty nor riches. What should be the reason for making that specific request to God? And he gives two reasons that really amount to the same thing. In the first place, he asks that God not give him riches. And he says, lest I be full and deny thee and say, who is the Lord? Agur does not want to have such fullness that he thinks he's all taken care of and then he doesn't 
see his need of God anymore. That's easy, an easy thing for us to fall into in our society. We have so much. But Agir does not want so much. He doesn't want an overabundance. And that idea is reflected in Deuteronomy. When God gave the law to his people, he warned them that when they were full, they might forget him. Deuteronomy 6, verse 10 and following. It shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full. Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. You see what Agur is saying? He's saying, I don't want to have such an abundance that I forget that I need God to give everything that I have. He doesn't want to get to the point where he says, who is the Lord? As if to say, why do I need the Lord anymore? Why do I need Jehovah? I have been able to supply everything that I need for myself I don't need him to supply my needs. That's the temptation. When we are full, when we have an overabundance, we forget that we need Jehovah to provide for us. And he is the one who does provide for us. He understands, Agir does, that riches can be a snare. I say again, not that they are wrong in themselves, but they can be a snare, and the devil can use those very things to tempt us to forget our God. 1 Timothy 6 verse 9 says, But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Those who desire to be rich will be ensnared by that very desire. That's not a simple matter to handle riches properly. It's easy to forget that we are but stewards Everything that God has given to us, all that abundance, he gives to us as stewards. And then he says, use it for my kingdom's sake. You are but a steward. It's so easy then when we have that abundance to hold on to it too tightly. Making all kinds of excuses. Why we need to save it for ourselves. Well, Agur sees his weakness. And he prays, don't give me riches because I don't want 
to be over full and then forget my God. Lest I be full, he says, and I often remind my catechism students, lest means so that not. Don't give me riches so that I not be full and then deny thee. Riches are a temptation, but so is poverty. And Agur recognizes that poverty can be a temptation. And so he says in the second part of our text, second part of verse 9, lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. Here again, Agur sees his depravity. He sees that if he was in poverty, he may very well be tempted to steal. If we were hungry, we probably too would be tempted to steal. Well, Agur doesn't want to steal. He wants to show forth his thankfulness to God. He wants to obey his God in all of his life. He wants to obey the commandments. That he is thankful to God for his salvation is evident from the context. In verse 5, he says about God, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Agur recognizes that God is the God of his salvation. Yes, he sees that he is brutish. He has yet the old man of sin within him. But he is also one who knows that he is saved by grace. He knows that he is saved by the grace of God. And we understand that today the blood of Jesus Christ that he poured out on the cross for us, we understand that, which is why we want to walk in God's ways, why we want to obey his commandments out of thankfulness. Well, Agur brings these requests to God in his thankfulness, thankfulness for God's salvation. And now he wants God to lead him and to guide him in all of his circumstances so that God would be glorified. He prays that God would lead him in this way so that he would lead a godly life. That's his motivation for praying, give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me that, that which I need just sufficient so that those things will tend to keep me in the way. I wonder if we would be willing to make that request that we would ask God not just don't give me poverty but don't give me riches either. It ought to be our request, give me sufficient. Don't give me too much or too little. 
Give me just enough for this day. That's the Lord's Prayer as well. Jesus teaches us that. Give us this day our daily bread. And that's the way we ought to pray too when we think of not only the planting of crops, but all the provisions God gives us. Give us sufficient, not too much, and not too little. And God knows where that balance is better than we ourselves. The old man, of course, doesn't want to pray that. The new man does. The new man that God works in us through his spirit, the new man does. And by God's grace, the new man wants to give honor and glory to God. The new man wants to do what is right and depend upon God for all of our needs. And yet we see we are weak. And when we see we are weak, we ought to pray there too. When our prayers fall short, Lord, teach us how to pray. For that which is sufficient, give me neither poverty nor riches. Notice his concern is for the name of God. When he says in verse 9, lest I be poor and steal, he's also concerned that he might take the name of his God in vain. Lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. And with, if God's name is taken in vain, then his name is not glorified. If he steals and others see him stealing, then God's name is not glorified. If he doesn't trust God for all his provisions, then God is not glorified in those things. And that is his main concern. When he prays, for physical provision, and he does. And when you and I pray for physical provision, and we ought to, may our motivation be the glory of God. We don't want his name to be blasphemed. We want his name to be praised. That's the spiritual motivation of Agur when he prays. And Jesus teaches that same thing in the Lord's Prayer, the very first petition. Hallowed be thy name. There's the same principle. All the other petitions we make are made to serve that cause. May that be our experience. May we find that we pray for our provisions, trusting God to supply but for his name's sake, that he would be glorified. Amen. Our Father, which art in heaven, we give thee thanks that thou hast supplied all of our needs. We pray that thou continue to give us not too much, 
and not too little. Give us that which is sufficient so that we would see thou hast supplied and that we would also not forget thee that we need thee day by day. Bless all thy people, those who could not be with us tonight. Keep each one in thy care. We ask this all with the forgiveness of our sins. In Jesus' name, amen.